0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy. So today's episode, Socrates, the Mad Society, and Plato's Allegory of the Cave. And of course, how this, I think, is relevant today and how this allegory is standing the test of time in its symbolism and how we can look at the way we we view it and how it can give us perspectives on our lives and understanding of truth and societal truth and how we talk to other people and how we... We pursue truth and how we embrace what, or, or I guess whether or not we embrace being wrong and how all that is, is kind of relevant. So Plato's allegory of the cave, you know, is one of the most famous and most important allegories in human thought. I think that's, I guess, that's my opinion. In many ways for its ability to stand the test of time, like I said, but the infamous allegory is just as relevant today as it is during the times of, you know, where Greek philosophy's heyday. Of Socrates, of Plato, those times. And that's exactly what I want to focus on. How the allegory relates to our, I would say, fear of truth, whether it's consciously or consciously, I think we have a fear of truth, especially our fear of being shown when we are wrong. How far is society willing to go in order to avoid being shown they are wrong? How far is the individual willing to go to avoid being shown? They are wrong, and why is this the case? What are we running from? And consider this question as you listen: Do you value your truth or the truth? What do you actually value when you hear that question? Everyone would want to say the truth. I beg to differ. I think most people would rather, you know, value their truth over the truth. And I'm not even saying we know what the truth is. That's that's not the point. Maybe the truth is something you strive for knowing you'll never get there, but protecting your truth, you're definitely not even going to get a glimpse at whatever the truth might mean. And that's, I think what we're going to kind of dive into today. But first, if you want to help support the show, check out the Patreon page, you can support me for, you know, a dollar a month, $5 a month and help keep this thing chugging along. Um, also check out the YouTube, check out the TikTok, check out the discord, all that fun stuff you know, share with your friends, but as always, I do appreciate you all. And I love to keep my little advertising of stuff short. So yeah, continue to support the show, continue, you know, so we can keep growing and then spreading. I really appreciate just even just one person listening and knowing and seeing the growth of the show. I really appreciate it. You know, it's, it's something I I take joy in and, and knowing people are listening and, you know, kind of want to hear some of my thoughts. I really appreciate it. But as always, Let's dive into it, and let's enter the... Plato, those who are oblivious to the realm of forms non-physical essences of all things are like prisoners stuck in a cave. The cave holds the prisoners in chains as they sit along a wall of the cave facing the back of the cave behind them a fire burns projecting a shadow in front of them. For Plato the realm of forms is more is a, is a more true reality you know where where the shadows are what most in society are comfortable following. The shadows on the wall. Think of your political beliefs, your moral beliefs, what you think a a family ought to look like. The rabbit holes of conspiracy theory stricken depths of the internet. Those places where they are convinced they have found a more true reality, but it's most likely their desire, you know, for perception of uniqueness within their inner self. Please. Oh, please ego. Make me feel unique and special. And when you kneel, To the rampant and arrogant ego, it will oblige you. It will make you feel special. It will make you feel like you found some special, unique thing. But you'll want to protect it. you want to protect that feeling. That fake feeling. It will make you feel special. It will make you feel like the secret you've uncovered about society is truly special. You must spread it to the world now. All, All the while, it's full of gold. It's dog shit covered with a shiny golden paint. Oh, oh, the shit is there. If you truly look closer, you will see it for what it is. But we'd rather put, you know, that, that fool's gold in a safe, never look at it again. We'd rather defend that fool's gold externally and never open up that safe again. For if we were to open up that safe, what would happen? What we once thought to be special would be shown for what it is. Fucking dog shit. But let's bring us back to the cave. Because... We want to follow those shadows. We want to believe in those shadows. They make us feel good sometimes. Sometimes they make us suffer. Maybe even a lot of times they make us suffer. But sometimes we like them. Now between the fire and the prisoners, there's a wall where puppeteers can walk with statues on their heads, creating shadows on the wall in front of the prisoners. The shackles of the prisoners prevent them from turning to see the true nature of the reality, the false light of the fire. Since the shadows are all the prisoners ever see, they assume the shadows are the real objects, the actual reality. The idea of the cave is to find a way for the prisoners to unshackle themselves from the shackles placed upon them. If they were to do this, they'd be able to turn and see reality for what it is. At first, the light would bring their eyes pain, but after adjusting their eyes, would grow accustomed to the new rush of light, a new understanding of reality. The now former prisoner would first look upon the fire, they would see, you know, the thing creating the light for the statues that created the illusion of their former reality. However, an even greater light burns beyond the cave. The former prisoner's curiosity further
1: invigorates
0: at this, right? Who wouldn't? You're seeing You're seeing everything you were told is a lie. All this new light, this new source of light is somewhere. I, I need to go after it. Drawing their attention to the great light beyond the cave they step out into the you know the luminous light of the sun to see the true cause of everything around them from the light their sight and even you know greater multitude of objects around them a truly new reality a new sense of reality but what shadows are we still following today can we truly escape the cave can we truly get to that ultimate source of light or are we to be stuck following further detailed shadows that keep us fixated on the wall in front of us. Are the caves uh, never-ending? It's caves all the way down. i want to give you a quote by, in, in Plato's Republic that kind of, I think, pertains to this. He will require to grow accustomed to the sight of the upper world, and first he will see the shadows best. Next, the reflections of men and other objects in the water, and then the objects themselves. Then he will gaze upon the light of the moon and the stars and the spangled heaven and he will see the sky and the stars by night better than the sun or the light of the sun by day. Plato's Republic. But what does this have to do with Socrates? How are we going to apply this to the cave? And what the fuck does this have to do with the mad society? What is the allegory trying to explain? The allegory is explaining the difficulty of knowing what is real. The cave is a constantly changing reality for an individual, but it's a constant illusion that those staring at the shadow covered wall take as real. They want to believe it, even though it's those holding the statues that are controlling the reality It's the illusion of control. So, one potential perspective is, is seeing the movers of the statue as those in society, you know, planting the seeds of ideas into your reality, even when they are not always based on fact. Or if they're ever based on fact, I guess. The statues hold a false sense of authority. The narrow perspective of life, the cave, you know, basically only allows for is the holders of the statues. They, too, do not want to face the true nature of their, their existence. They want to be the ones holding the statues. They want to make you the puppets. But one might think we would, you know, get the real reality when we step out of the cave. Yet we, we see the world as even more vast than we once thought. Although we are getting more of maybe a true reality, getting closer, even if we can't see the end, Maybe we are getting closer. Maybe we can hope for that. We should be humbled by the fact that the expansion of the unknown has also greatly increased, though. That could be seen as a good thing. It's perspective. Just consider how the more we learn about space and our cosmos, the less we feel we know. It's kind of that idea. But it's the expansion, the humbleness of that that creates the curiosity. So escaping the cave is the eternalization of this famous quote by Socrates, I think. Only thing, or sorry, one thing only I know, and that is that I know nothing. Could could the sun outside of the cave be the source of light in an even larger cave? What other illusions live beyond? You know, it's questions like these we must ask about our own reality, and it's questions like these that often provide us more questions than answers. In many ways, the allegory of the cave is a retelling of the story of Socrates. Socrates, the, the famous Greek philosopher, spent his life questioning the beliefs of his fellow citizens. He was motivated to do this in pursuit of knowing himself, and he felt the best method of achieving this was through dialogue with others, many of whom were considered, you know, the respected, the respected members of society. Socrates was like a, was like a prisoner at one time. He notices that the shadows on the cave wall are not the true reality. He wanted to find something more by allowing self-doubt into his mindset and making curiosity fundamental to his belief system. He is someone that escapes and sees the light, where he then decides to come back and, and take this new humbling sense of reality as motivation, as a motivation to question the beliefs of others. Those still believing the shadows on the wall are the true reality. He wanted to question them, the people that were certain, the people that were absolute, the people that thought they, they had it figured out. They didn't live with this, this void within them, this doubt, this self-doubt. Socrates wanted to see, you know, that others or even others to see that we were, we were prisoners of our own thoughts brought to us by the society we were placed in. We are prisoners in the underground cave, both in our own mind and in the external world. We are placed against forces outside of our control. And we must fight against those forces within our own mind as well. And th- those forces can come in many forms. You can think of the traditional societal ones, you know, the politicians, corporations, or just the state of, living on a fucking floating rock in in an infinite space where we don't even know where the end is. That reality. The mysteries of the mind, the mysteries of consciousness, that humbling reality. We can't escape the conflict. Those forces being, you know, ideas brought to bear by people other than us. What are we following that's handed down to us? What have we convinced ourselves of that's so original about us. What happens when we question people's reality, though? Well, we, we, we don't like being wrong as humans. It's call it, it's a culture, whether it's politics, vaccines, climate change and the multiple other divisive issues. those on the, quote- unquote, "wrong side don't want to be shown the error in their ways. I think they sometimes believe they do. I think we have way too many that don't actually want want to see it. They'd rather just feel like they're right and not be right. We don't allow ourselves to start from the ground of wanting to be right. We start from the ground of not wanting to be wrong. How far is one willing to go in order to avoid being wrong? That's the question. Think about that. In the case of Socrates, society killed him for it, for questioning people's views, for questioning people's truths, for asking them, hey, maybe you're wrong about this. Society killed him for it. It was painful for his fellow citizens to see the truth. So instead of facing it, they sentenced him to death. As Socrates says, there's only one good, knowledge, and one evil, ignorance. The people chose to stay ignorant. They didn't want to be challenged. They'd rather stay a fool and believe they held the truth. In many ways, our society today is much the same. We will search for any pseudo-scientific information, random authority figure, and false hope to protect our perception of our truth. Instead of looking to protect our truth, maybe we should embrace seeking the truth. You know, and and if we can even achieve that, not even saying we can. It's not even saying we can reason our way to the truth. No. But I can tell you our truth is not right. (laughs) You see, Socrates... All he desired was to understand himself. And in that pursuit of of questioning himself, questioning his own beliefs, he wanted to simultaneously question others to help question his own beliefs. The questioning of other people's beliefs would have either, you know, one, made that person better understand their beliefs, thus better justify the positions they held, or two, they'd be forced to realize a potential error in their ways and ideally go on a pursuit of better understanding their belief structures. So I ask you, Should we care about the development of the thought structures of the collective whole? How much should we care? You know, if one has beliefs not based on reality or or what we believe to be reality, because what the fuck is reality, that person's belief system could then affect the lives of others through, you know, say voting, groupthink in various areas of the internet. They pass it on to their kids. They support certain businesses with that belief system. They perpetuate that certain narrative. It goes on and on and on. Even if it's destructive and causing suffering. Or what is, or how can we gauge that? Who's the authority on that? I I don't know. These are (laughs) questions for another day. (laughs) But I still want you to to sit with these thoughts on that. You know? Um, I don't even want to, to provide an example necessarily that comes to mind. You know? But think of something that when you hear it, what do you think of? How far are you willing to go to or allow that to go? That belief system that you view as dangerous, how far are you willing to allow that to go? And when is it too dangerous to, or what methods are meant to alter that? You know, it, and is it our own arrogance that is telling us to put a halt to dangerous belief systems? You know, I'm of the mind, I'm hoping. That through a more system of openness and willing to be wrong, we can flesh this out. Because I don't like, you know, authoritarian methods either. Those are dangerous in my eyes too. Those are dangerous belief structures. To give you kind of a hint of where my mind's going, but I don't want to dive into that too much. But. So in a sense, our desire to dismiss and deny certain belief systems, our confidence, or maybe our own arrogance, is its awakening our own inner authoritarian. Convincing ourselves that we know best. We have it all figured out. Our reality's right. We're not the ones looking at the shadows on the walls. It's everyone else. It's not me. It couldn't be me. No way. But we do know our beliefs have an effect on others. We should know that. We do know that. I hope you know that. So how do we improve upon those belief systems? How do we evolve? How do we get a semblance of progression? We question those beliefs. We need people in society willing to say, hold up, what the fuck are you on about? Why do you believe that? And do that without apology. Willing to insert some chaos into the lives of individuals and society. Chaos that forces you into a state of reflection. If we accept this, in a way we are saying we must embrace and accept our own inner Socrates. If the goal is to create a better society, then guess what? I'm not even saying you know what this society looks like. But let's say the goal is to create a better society. I'm not saying what that society looks like. But let's just say the goal is a better one, a progression, an evolution. Guess what? It's not, oh, just allow people to have their opinions. Your opinions affect others. Consciously, subconsciously, direct, indirect. In some way, it's affecting others. So if someone comes in and questions your beliefs, good. If it makes you uncomfortable a bit, makes you question your reality, Good. Let me ask you something. If you believe, you know, let's say eating certain food products is, is destructive to the, to the health, to, to, to being healthy, you know, or, or a major or is unhealthy to a major portion of the population. You've done your research. You admit it. You don't know for sure. But, you know, hey, something seems off. People shouldn't be eating that food product. Do you have an obligation to express your belief systems to the public and question the beliefs of others? You can say it's just an opinion. Do you have an obligation to do so? maybe but the issue is people do that and do keep those beliefs with their inner fucking self they don't maintain the possibility they're wrong they don't want to be shown they're wrong sometimes that everything they're spewing about is completely misguided and full of shit they don't want to know that you can not fear being wrong It's the fear of being wrong that creates a hostile society, a society that ended up killing someone like Socrates for daring to question the norm, for daring to be a bit too original for society, too much their self, for making them a bit too uncomfortable. Why are you scared? You are scared of fear. You are scared of being wrong. You are running from that void in your heart because you haven't accepted that void can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. That means you are the imbuer of meaning. Your fear that you are not the maker because you don't you don't want to face the responsibility. Why do you need someone to tell you what to, what you do is meaningful? Anyway, let's consider something though. What does embracing the philosophy of Socrates do though, as in how we act in society? So if if, if you claim to know something, and defend it. Is it not possible that you believe your understanding of some sort of truth about living life to be so profound you share it with the public? You justify your reasoning with a, you know, potential interest in the public. But in that endeavor, you accept being proven wrong. You mean, true, and I mean, truly accept it to your fucking core. You internalize being wrong as okay and good, even virtuous, being open, curious, and willing to embrace being wrong would that not help our society flourish? The interest of the collective while respecting our own inner journey. And in the embrace of that void, the embrace of questioning your own beliefs, you grant yourself the opportunity, that opportunity to question the beliefs of others, to help them in creating belief structures that benefit society as a whole. And those belief structures could be so, 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 so simple. It could simply be hoping people find inner peace. So maybe you think they become citizens that participate in society while being at peace with themselves. So less controversy maybe. More at peace with being wrong. But how do we do this? I have a hard hard time believing it. it comes from sheltering your beliefs away to yourself, hiding them in your favorite echo chamber of the internet where everyone can tell you how special you are all in the name of protecting your truth and your perception of reality. Embrace having your belief structure shattered, your myths that make you shattered. If what you desire is is being closer to the truth. If that's the thing you desire. I'm not even telling you to fucking desire that. <laughs> I don't know. But now back to the cave. It could very well be the cave after cave after cave. You keep discovering a new one over and over again, a new source of light, a new bigger, bigger and brighter light. You don't even know if the brighter light is giving you a better sense of reality. It could be a false hope. But you keep, you keep doing it. It's, it's, it's addicting. A new cave with false statues and false light. But maybe there's a newer one, a better one. But maybe embrace the feeling as though we are working towards something. We embrace the void by continuing to climb our way out of each and every cave, even if it's it's caves all the way down. Okay, but when we get to the point of us questioning reality, right, I think we need to be mindful of something. The belief structures we operate through life on, those belief structures are, you know, we create the thought loops we see the world through, the cosmos through. For example, we live in a society that has an issue of, of bullying on the internet. But what happens when we have individuals that feel bullied from society? When they interact on their day-to-day, where do they go? What do they do? They go to the internet. They can have even more dangerous and darker depths. It perpetuates the cycle. We should consider the belief loop it creates for us, a loop of fear. The fear of social interaction leads to individuals seeking out isolation. But even the individual in isolation seeks out the interactions, which often become some of those scary places on the internet, chat rooms, forums, and communities that, that just make us feel as though we have a place, a tribe. But what do those places of the internet become? They become ripe for confirmation bias. Everyone wants to agree and avoid disagreement amongst themselves. We don't learn how to disagree. We just find where everyone agrees with us. But when someone comes in in the group's They gang up on them. The societal bullying is in order. Because you question the will of the group, you must be a fool. How dare you question us? But where does this anger come from? Fear. Fear. If my group is shown the error in their ways, what happens to my tribe? What happens to my sense of reality? Do I lose my place? Do I lose my sense of self? Do I lose my sense of reality? Do I lose my tribe? So what do we do? We defend that false belief because of the fear of being cast back out into the shadowy abyss of confusion, of chaos. It's too chaotic. We want a little bit of peace, even though if that peace is full of dog shit. Oh no, we, we don't want to go back into the void. The void's there. It exists. It, it'll keep getting louder and louder. But we want to deny it. These places in society and the internet are ruthless, People are creating their sense of self out of these various groups and identities. You know, think of some of the chats about Republicans versus Democrats, atheism versus theism, veganism versus meat eaters. And it's is endless. It's tribes that people are creating their sense of self around. But what is it? It's a rebellion against the void of meaninglessness. Oh, we don't want to go back to that void. Someone comes in and questions the shadows being placed on our fucking wall. We see it as a threat to our identity. We see it as a threat, so we want to reject it even when it is simply a curious individual. Consider the list loop. Someone senses a threat to their sense of self and identity. They want to defend against that threat. The best way they know how is abuse, so you end up abusing the curious individual. They are left rejected. They're cast out. After enough times of doing this, the once curious individual, that rejection becomes overwhelming for an individual so they find themselves joining their own tribe in order to avoid the societal abuse they play the game they succumb to the culture the narrative of the culture they play the game that society runs on which is a fear loop and society forces them into their own fear loop their own tribe that's just part of the cultural whole that keeps you obedient prevents you from questioning you just question just enough to make you feel special So as once a curious individual becomes an individual just trying to feel at home, they conform. They don't conform into pursuing truth. They conform into not feeling wrong. So they will never be right. So instead of pursuing accurate beliefs about our existence and reality, even though we think we are often pursuing the most accurate representation of reality, we are actually looking to protect our pre-established belief systems. So instead of going after truth, listening to the people calling out the shadows on the wall for what they are, we'd rather live in disbelief. As in, instead of truly considering beliefs that contradict our own belief systems and loops, we choose to live in disbelief and label those contradicting viewpoints as simply just, they're just inferior belief systems. Even though we all participate in this in some extent, we need to have some disbeliefs. We should consider how much of this can we prevent. Assuming we desire to be, you know, better... Have, or have a better understanding of reality and we actually desire the truth assuming that thing but maybe it's just you know allow people to be curious embrace being open I know I've said this <laughs> over and over again on episodes but also just embrace fruitful destruction embrace the void embrace new experiences have fun with weird myths talk about aliens talk about the benefits of eating right Having plenty of cheap meals throughout your life. The benefits of that. Talk about the perfect political system. Talk about your utopia. Talk about your favorite fantasy novel. Talk about politicians potentially being lizard people. Have conversations. But just live with the possibility of being wrong in your heart. Self-doubt. But just enough. Not too much self-doubt. You need to have confidence too. But doubt. But in all of that, embrace, you know, you embrace the ridiculous beauty, the bizarre nature, the humbling reality of what is the human experience. It's wonderful and daunting at the same time. So embrace being wrong. Because we are all playing the same game, whether you want to accept it or not. But fuck, wouldn't that game be better if we embrace that game of life of understanding? of, of pursuing wisdom or whatever you want to call it together. We accepted that one thing, that humbling nature of existence, human experience. I don't know, but that basically concludes, I think my thoughts today, as always, like I said, I appreciate you all for listening, listening to my ramblings and I always hope you get some nuggets of information you enjoy out of it and things to consider and, learn some stuff as, as I continue to try to learn as well. But as always, like I said, thank you for listening. Love you all. Now it's time for you to get the fuck out my life.